welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. So like Pastor Mark was saying, it's going to be a little different today because you got two of us preaching. So you're going to get twice the good stuff, right? Um, So uh, Josiah and I do want to thank, though, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Rob for giving us this opportunity. We don't take it lightly. Um, We are excited that we are a part of the team now here, and we love that we get this opportunity to speak to you guys so you can even hear how we speak to your youth. Um, And so that's always a great, fun thing. So uh, hang with us today as we're tag-teaming this. Um, But I love that what we get to talk about this week is the heart of a servant. Uh, And the main reason why I love that is because I feel like I've been doing it my entire life. Um, And here's why I say that. I grew up as a pastor's kid. So I've been at the church forever, always around the church. And, but not just any pastor's kid. My dad was a volunteer pastor, which means we were in a small town. We didn't have money to afford, like there wasn't money to pay a children's pastor. So he did it out of his own heart and his own servitude to minister to kids. Um, And so I got to see that as an example of what it really means to have a heart of a servant. Um, Even though I would sit there every week and there'd be setting up chairs and setting up tables and then after church tearing them all down or setting up for a potluck or setting up for this or that. And I would sit there and think, why do I have to be here so early? I don't want to do this. When all the rest of the kids are out playing, you know, in the yard after church, I was having to tear everything back down. Um, but I love that from that, from that opportunity, that, that doing those things, even though I was kind of forced to do it, I got to learn what it means to be a servant. Um, it started with, even though I was forced to do it, something grew out of that. Um, I can tell you today, um, my two brothers and myself, we all serve. Um, my younger brother is down in Texas and he, he serves at a church where every week they have to set up and tear down everything because during the week, it's an art gallery and a coffee shop. So there's a lot of things that they have to sit there and, and set up and tear down. And my older brother, even though he works at the airport and has a weird schedule and can't be at Sunday services, Every Wednesday, he has Wednesdays off, and so he serves at a youth, youth leader at a church. And from that, from the example of my parents, from that example of a, a heart of being a servant, we got that as well. And I feel like that is an amazing thing. Um, but it isn't always easy. It's not easy to be a servant. It's not easy to do that. Uh, there are times that I have to stop myself from wanting recognition to stop myself from wanting credit, to stop myself from from wanting other people to see what I'm doing. Um, It's not easy to have that heart of a servant. It's counterintuitive to to how we're programmed as people, how we're programmed as humans. It's it's counterintuitive. We always, we naturally look out for ourselves. We look out for me. But that's not what God has called us to. That's not the example that Jesus lived. And you see, Paul had to remind the church 
of Philippi of the exact same thing. So let's take a look at uh, Philippians 2, starting in verse 1. And it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each other, or of each of you to the interests of the others. So let's pause there for a second. You see, many commentators, they look at this passage and they see that Paul is warning Philippi against something. You see, what was starting to happen is there was fractions within the church that were starting to take place because of their selfishness. So because of their selfishness, things were not working how the church should work. Um, and Paul is graciously saying that there's a spiritual problem that could only be solved with their own hearts getting right with Christ and with each other. But this is where it gets difficult for the people of Philippi. You see, they lived in ancient Greek culture. And that culture, humility for that culture was seen more as a fault than a virtue. It was a fault to be humble. You see, the pagan and the secular culture had an idea of how things should work at that time, uh, specifically looking at manhood. So looking at manhood, it was all about self-assertiveness, imposing one's will on others. So when anyone stooped to others, did something for someone else, he did so only under compulsion. And so his actions were considered disgraceful. So to the secular world at that time, to serve someone was considered disgraceful, making it extremely hard for the church to accept Paul's viewpoint, to accept humility. But isn't that the same problem that we have today? Don't we still think that way? To be great, we have to be on top. We have to get our ideas across ahead of others. We have to be the one in charge. We have to climb the ladder of success. It's not good to be seen as a servant to others. Because when you're a servant, it means you're weak, you're incompetent, you're not good enough. But God says otherwise. You see, God says that true greatness begins with a humble heart. And Jesus shows us this by being an example. You see, Paul continues in verse five by pointing out Jesus's mindset. Um, he says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset set as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to, de to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus didn't use his equality with God as something to bring him greatness, but instead he made himself nothing. You see, there's something very interesting in this verses. I'm going to get a little, a little geeky for, on you guys for a moment. Um, when, I was, when, when I was in uh, college at North Central, I, I took biblical Greek as my language, my language arts, because I wanted to be able to dig into the Bible deeper. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we miss in our translation that, that when we look at the original Greek or the original Hebrew, we can see something come alive. Um, and so Paul was doing something very interesting here in this verse. You see, the word translated vain conceit in verse three has a literal translation of empty glory. So when Paul is saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, he's literally saying, do nothing to lift yourself up because it's empty glory. But Paul doesn't stop there. He continues, he uses the root words of vain conceit. He uses the root words that are used there to also talk about Jesus. So Paul uses the verb empty and the noun glory but in a completely different way. So Jesus made himself nothing, or literally, he emptied himself. But God exalted him so that every tongue should confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus sought for the glory of, of the Father by humbling or emptying himself. And in doing so was glorified. In doing so was lifted up. You see, it's the opposite of what we think we should do. It's the opposite of how, how the world seems to operate. It's the opposite of what people at that time expected of Jesus. But Jesus was giving us an example. He served, he emptied himself with a humble heart so that others could see God the Father. So here's the point. We are never closer to being like Jesus than we are humbly serving. We are never closer to being like Jesus than when we are humbly serving. When we serve others, when we think less of ourselves, when it, when it isn't about who gets the credit, when it's only about honoring God, that's when we're closest to being like Jesus. And it starts just with serving. It may not be much in the beginning. It may be hard to put selfishness aside. It may be hard to stop looking for credit. But as you continue to serve, as you give more of yourself, God will fill you up more so you can do more. So that's the why. To be closer to being like Jesus by serving. So Josiah's gonna come and give us how we can serve. It's a good word, Isaac. Really good. 
So, um, we're talking about serving, and um, I want to start out with a story uh, from Walmart. Every good story starts at Walmart, right? <laughs> so, I was at Walmart one day, and I'm watching this lady put her groceries in her car, and she gets done, and she just kind of leaves her cart there. And before we go any further, what is up with every single wheel of every single cart at Walmart? Every wheel needs a wheel alignment. If you work at Walmart, can you please do something about that? Drives me nuts. So here she is, and she puts her stuff in, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. So I go over there, and Courtney's saying, no, don't, 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 don't. And I'm like, I gotta. So I go over there. And see, I could have did the non-Christian thing. I could have went over there and said, you lazy woman, how dare you, right? But I wanted to do the Christian thing. So that's what I did. I did the Christian thing. I walked over there and I made a point and I said, here, let me get that for you. And was I trying to prove a point? Maybe. Um, But I wanted to help out. I wanted to serve. I wanted to... Um, not only protect my car, but other cars as well, right? So they didn't get hit by that cart. So I, my heart was in the right place. I wanted to help out. I wanted to serve. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on week three of Kingdom Culture is serving. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this sermon. We just pray that it's uh, moved and touched by you. And we just thank you that um, everyone that's listening will have an open heart and an open mind to the words that we're speaking today. And we ask this in your name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So the three ways uh, I want to talk about is, there's three ways that I want to talk about serving. And that's a general way, a gathered way, and a gifted way. The first one we're going to talk about is a general way. This is like your lifestyle. Whatever you do in life, um, family, friends, um, people at church. Um, Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's basically what it's talking about. The people in your house, people around you, your neighbors, um, people that you know in church. Um, see, by serving people, I'm not going to represent myself in a place of humility or I'm, I'm going to represent myself in a place of humility, not a place of pride. See, Jesus did not lose his authority by washing people's feet. He established his authority by washing people's feet. Don't mistake meekness for weakness. You're not weak for serving. You're strong. Jesus was never weak. When he washed people's feet, he didn't come in a place of weakness. He came in a place of strength, right? This morning, as I was in church... I see he has no idea, but I saw Sam Kenny get out of uh, his dad's truck and pick up branches that were in the parking lot. He was serving. No one saw it happen, but he was serving. Um, another story, uh, another example is uh, we just had a baby, our third son, and uh, we had a lot of people bring us food, and thank you for that. That was a blessing. There's serving right there. Um, but this particular story, um, the Dorn family came over, and Corjo was sitting on our couch. And we were talking, and she was saying it's so important for kids to serve and to help out in the house, and it just makes a big difference as they grow older. And no more than five minutes after she gets done saying this, here comes Noah, her son, up the stairs, big smile on his face, and he goes, all right, 
your basement's clean. And I was like, what? Let me explain something. Our basement right now is like a giant toy room, just <laughs> giant toy room for the kids. So it was trashed. It was bad. I'm talking, Courtney and me have to go down there and we got our walkie talkie. Watch out on your left. You got Legos over there. I mean, it's bad, right? And so I pick up my jaw off the floor and I go down there and I'm looking around and I'm like, did you like throw these away or where'd they go? And he's like, no, they're all, and they're all lined up and everything's just there. And he, he just, he cleaned everything up, not because anyone told him to, he just wanted to. He was being a servant. See, God used a young man that was just being a servant to fuel this message. Dads that wake up at 4 a.m. to go to work and provide for your family, keep serving. Moms that go without so your kids don't have to, keep serving. Serving comes in many different ways. So many different ways. You see, Jesus is dying to use you. Take that back. He died to use you. He literally died to use you. The second point is gathered. This comes in a form of like a life team at church, getting plugged in at church. There's so many different things you can do to get plugged in at church. We have so many life teams. Um, youth leaders, Isaac and me would love to have you join our youth team as the, with the youth leaders. If you want to join, come talk to him or I after church. We would love to get you connected and plugged into our youth. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's so good. Like, like Isaac was saying, the greatest servant of all is Jesus. There's no greater example. Look no further than to our Lord and Savior. Don't you wish we had like a special day at church where we could like serve our community and get out there? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wait, there is. Serve Day, July 13th. Everyone sign up. It's going to be amazing. You can sign up in the lobby. You can sign up online. But you got to get out there and serve. It's going to be unbelievable. See, leadership is bleedership. Sometimes serving others is hard work. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes you're not going to want to do it. You're going to be like, well, I'm too tired. I've worked too hard. And I, I don't know if I can do that or... Yeah, well, maybe next time. It's hard work, but you got to do it because that's what Jesus is calling us to do. See, it's not what you do. What you do is not as important as how you do it. It doesn't matter what you're doing when you're serving. It's, matter, it's a matter of how you do it. Do you have a pure heart when you're serving? Are you looking out for just to help and serve or are you looking for recognition? Because that's not how you do it. You want to have a pure heart when you're serving. A wise man by the name of Pastor Mark Kenny <laughs> once said, saved people serve people, and served people oftentimes get saved. So good. When you serve someone, you don't know what's going on in their life. Their salvation could come through you serving them. Their salvation could come through you serving them. Heaven could grow because you're being obedient and being a servant.
It's not a small task. It's not something you do when you're weak. It's something you do when you're strong, when you want to grow the kingdom of God. The third way is a gifted way. This is your talents and abilities. What has God blessed you with? What are you good at? 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. It's talking about your gifts, your talents. What are you good at? God can use you with what you're good at. But you gotta, you got to step out. If you're a tech person, get plugged in with our production team. They would love to have you serve on that team. If you're a people person, get connected and sign up for a life team. Um, usher, greeter, parking lot person. If you're a handyman, we're always looking for work around here. In fact, there's been some people recently that have been helping out around the church. So many different things. And we're all called to help out. Go kids downstairs. Would love to have. Pastor Leif would love to have you get connected with Go Kids downstairs and impact the kids, the next generation, so that they can be brought up in the things of God and each and every one of you can play a part in that. It's not a small job to serve. It's a big job. See, your purpose will always be greater than your position. You might say, well, I, I just have a little side job and you know, I can't really impact anyone in there. Or, well, yeah, I just come serve once in a while at church. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. And your purpose will always be greater than your position. God has a purpose in this world, and you're part of it. And by you serving, and by you stepping out and saying yes to something, you're impacting the kingdom of God. We have to be obedient to God's voice. He might be speaking to some of us even in this very moment. My, char my charge to you would say, say yes. Say yes to whatever he's speaking to you about. Maybe it's in the middle of the winter and you hear a voice from God saying, go shovel your neighbor's driveway. And you're like, um, yeah, God, it's like 30 below right now. I'll do that next time it snows because it's supposed to warm up next week. But what you don't know is what if your neighbor is at home crying out to a God they don't even believe in saying, God, if you're real, if you are who these people are saying you are, then have someone come shovel my driveway right now. And by you being obedient to the voice of God, salvation could come to that person. Healing could come. Chains could break. Restoration could come to their life, to their family's life, for generations to come, all because you were being obedient to the voice of God. Serving is not small, it's big. Our Savior was not small, He was big, and He was serving with the least of them. And if He can do that, so can we. So, in closing, the three ways we can serve is in a general way with your family, your friends, the people in the church, your neighbors. 
get out there. Get involved with people. Gather away. Sign up for a life team. Get involved with the church. It's not because the church needs you to to run. It's because they want to see lives change and they know that when people are stepping up, things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. Serve on serve day. Everyone should be signing up. Clear your calendars, July 13th. It's going to be amazing. In a gifted way, your talents and abilities, what has God blessed you with? He's blessed you with those talents and abilities for a reason. Because he's called you to go change the world and to serve others with the things, the very things he's blessed you with. I'm not going to sit up here and ask you what you're going to do to serve others. I'm not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to pass a sign-up sheet around, make everyone sign up before you leave. But I think we all need to ask God what he wants us to do to serve others. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you for this this word that you've blessed us with. Lord, we just, we pray that this word touched the lives of many, the hearts, the ears, the minds. Lord, you might be speaking to some of us right now. Maybe, maybe some of you aren't hearing anything right now, but I ask that you go home and you pray to God and you ask him, what do you want me to do to serve? And as you do that, I believe God will speak to you. We just thank you for speaking to us, God, and giving us more of a servant's heart. We thank you and praise you for that. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen.